Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. Check us out wherever you listen. It is 509 here in the station. Last hour of the show, 77 degrees and sunny. Get outside, get some, spend some time out there, go for a walk, do something for you. Hopefully you're done with work. And um, now you got the rest of the evening to do what you want to do. Let me know what your plans are for the evening. You can text in at 570-883-0098 or call. Give us uh, what's going on in your world. Like to hear from from everyone in the area. I like to hear from people, new people. If you've been a listener of the show and you haven't called in or haven't texted, call in, say hello. Let us know what's going on because uh, you know I love hearing from you guys. We uh, have a bunch of text messages coming in. Uh, go figure. Greatest country, living in the greatest country in the world, but hates it. Yeah, it's it's funny how that seems. Um, Somebody did ask about the ice cream. or No, they went out and got ice cream last night. They said, is it true that they want to offer $700 to survivors and send billions to Ukraine for equipment and aid? Uh, yeah, but it's more complicated than that. They, they, the, the $700 is kind of insulting, to be honest with you. Uh, but yes, there is all sorts of other aid packages like any other FEMA response. And yes, I would imagine if you live in Maui, you have insurance that will cover some things. But... Listening to the officials today, now now we're, we're days into this recovery, and the officials there won't even give an estimate of how many are missing, how many are dead. You know, that we're getting piecemealed information out there, and the fact he was asked point blank, and, and I kind of put it pretty quick, pretty, pretty uh, simple on my social media, where I said every leader in Maui who does not have a preliminary number of deceased and missing at this stage is either incompetent or lying. They should be removed from malfeasance. And they should be, because at this stage, you need to know this information. You need to know what your scope of work is for search and recovery and rescue or, or whatever it is at this point. It's probably you know, recovery and identification at this point. But if you're a leader... In this area, and you don't know this, or, or I mean, you're better off just saying, I don't want to release those numbers right now. Saying you don't know, you're either lying or you're incompetent. Move out of the way, let somebody in there. And here's where we get back to, you know, not only do elections have consequences, but the people they hire have consequences. You need to hire people, especially in the emergency management positions, 911 center positions, public safety positions, police, fire, you know, EMT, ambulance work. You need to hire people who've done this job. You need to hire people who know what they're doing. And believe me, you know, we went through an entire process during 9-11 where we learned along the way. Nothing to that scope has ever been done. We had to bring in heavy machinery that sifted through everything from boulders to small debris to, to smaller debris that went by you on a belt to where you could pick out pieces of bone, pieces of hair, you know, pieces of clothing, identification. And that was a learning process because, you know, it's it wasn't a normal crime scene. It was one of the largest crime scenes in the world. So, yes, there's a learning curve. But this is really not something that's a learning curve. It might be for the people of that area. So bring in people, and that's what FEMA's for. That's what Department of Homeland Security's for. That's what all these, the DOD and all these experts in these fields, have them available. 
And, and to find out that a lot of these officials from around the mainland here in, in the 48 states are there staying at extraordinarily high per night hotel rooms while they're dealing with Maui. Now, obviously, you, you, they really can't stay where the, this was affected because uh, of everything was just gone. Everything's just gone. But I'm hearing rates up to $1,000 a night are being used for government entities that are staying there to supposedly support and help with this. There's enough expertise in, in this country. You know, they, they activated a couple of the task forces from around the mainland to go there. And this is what they specialize in. Let them specialize in it. But at this stage in the game, if you're going to look into a, a plethora of reporters and say, I don't have those numbers for you as far as missing or deceased, even preliminary numbers. And, and I have no problem with you saying because up until the very end, everything should be preliminary when it goes to this type of thing. But to say, I don't know, or I'm not going to tell you that at this time, um, you're either lying or incompetent. And we have time for neither there. They need help there. They've lost everything. And I've seen everything, you know, with with Joe Biden, our president, going there. Yes, at this stage in the game, and right away, I know there's his no comment remarks there's no excuse for. But not going there, I do understand. It is. It does take away from everything when a president goes to these places. You know, I was there when, Governor, when President Bush came to Ground Zero. I was probably 20, 30 feet away from when he spoke. It. It disturbs everything that day. Now, it was a morale boost that we needed as first responders, and it really didn't take too much out of our day. But it, it was uh, it, it did stop the process. And something in, in Maui or any natural disaster or Katrina or anything like that, it, it is a diversion that you don't really need except to show the people there that you're there with them. And, you know, between his speeches and his gaffes, you know, him the, the making a big deal about him falling asleep or whatever he does. I, I don't care about that. I care about that he lies to people and tries to make it about him rather than, than the people that were there. One of the rules in dealing with families, and I've dealt with families, to escorting them, to driving them, to getting them to transport them to the hospital when one of their loved ones you know, was killed in the line of duty and driving them down there and trying to keep them calm not allowing them to kind of know what's going on because you don't want them to break down in there. But then as they see the police presence, when you start getting to the hospital, they start realizing, no, this isn't just a simple he's, he or she's in the hospital. You know, something's going on here because there's hundreds of police officers. They have every street blocked off. You know, what's going on? What's going on? You're trying to radio in if you have a father or a grandfather or whoever. You know, they have a prior heart condition. Can we have a medical team standing by? Because when they find out something happened to their wife, daughter, son, sister, brother, you know, we might have an issue here and getting there. But one of the one of the things that you don't do is tell people I understand how you feel because you don't at that moment. You don't. You might have lived through something very similar and you may be able to have that conversation down the road like you are. But to say, you know, I don't want to make this about me, but, you know, I almost lost my 57, my 57 Corvette or 67 Corvette, whatever it is, my wife and my cat. You know, because my toaster oven was on fire in my kitchen where the local fire company said it was put out in 20 minutes and really wasn't a threat to the structure. That's not what people need to hear. You don't need to have that out there to let media organizations search it for themselves and fact check you. 
you just don't need to uh, to have that. You look at some of the him traveling around the area and the local residents. I can't play the video for you because they're giving the motorcade the finger and telling him, oh, you know, F you. We don't want you here. Go away. It took you this long to come here. No comment. But, you know, you're going to have that. Regardless of who the president is, you're going to have that. You're going to have people that where it's never enough or you did something wrong. That's politics. That just the, goes with the territory. But $700, I know they wanted to get something out and say, hey, we're going to get you something now, was just a smack in the face. It was bad policy for his administration. Now, it's not him. Somebody told him, hey, this is what we can do. Let's put it out there and do it. Let's be honest. It's not him coming up with this idea. Hey, let's give everyone $700. That's not something he's even capable of. Someone told it to him. It went out, and there it went, wildfire. And we're, we're dealing with, with that now, and that seems to be the, uh, the catch-all on there. But they played, I don't know if you want to call them lies, if you want to call them just trying to assimilate with the crowds he's speaking to, but you're president of the United States. You cannot do this. And they went through five minutes, and I, I said my, one of mine pet peeves is when he was at the Naval Academy for their graduation speech, and he's telling them he was accepted to the Naval Academy, and he ended up running against the senator who gave him his nomination. But then when you break down the math, there's no way that senator could have given him a nomination at the year he said he could have given it, and he was too old to even apply for the Naval Academy anyway. Um, You know, your first act as commander-in-chief shouldn't be to lying to a 1,000 new officers. Uh, I'm sorry, that's just a pet peeve I have. And, And he's done far worse, you know, from... Supposedly checking his watch at Andrews Air Force Base, you know, Dover. I I apologize. It was Dover, you know, and where he's saying he was looking at these beads on his wrist. Uh, His constantly telling Gold Star families that his son came home in his flag shaped coffin and died in combat. He did not. I'm sorry. Tell the truth. But it's time and time again. So to say that, well, look at all the conspiracy theories out there on the right where they're pushing this picture of him supposedly falling asleep at this event. Okay, well, how many other events do we actually have video of him, which pretty much looks like he's falling asleep? It's not too far off. We can do better for a commander-in-chief, and we need to. And I don't understand the the all-or-nothing mentality that... Democrats have circled Joe Biden and said, hey, he's our guy, and that's that. I just don't get that. And I would like people on that side of the aisle, I would like people who support Joe Biden to explain to me how you realistically expect this man to do another two years and then another four years in the condition he's in. He is not capable of doing it. It's simple as that. He's not physically capable. Capable, he's not cognitively capable. Who is giving him his talking points? Who is giving him his agendas? Who is, I mean, how does he travel to, to with other heads of state at other nations and they just don't walk away and shake their head and say, We could pretty much do whatever we want to America because look at this guy. We need to stop that. We need to 
it's dangerous times. We see it day in and day out. We need someone who can lead from the front, and he's definitely not it. It's uh, 521 here at WILK. It's time for traffic and weather with Nikki Stone. Hey. Do you got your wires? And my wires. Okay, so I guess I should apologize to everybody for me laughing during trying to do the news, the uh, traffic at the news time, because Rob comes walking by and he said, "Here, hold. We have to hold this while you do this." And it was just a wire sitting in a random box in the middle of the hallway, <laughs> and it was really funny. Actually, you had to be there though. Jeez, uh, thanks, Rob. You made my day. Although now I'm like, okay, I'm done for the day. Can I yeah. just go home now? I like when we start joking around, but then it feels like it's the end of the day and I need, you know, tomorrow's Whiskey Wednesday, right? It is. And this traffic update is brought to you by Pendela Data Internet. Got a call on the jam line. Somebody in the area of South Washington Street in Scranton. Now they are cleaning up the accident that was there uh, right around Birch Street, but also utility work going on. So that prohibits you from actually crossing over into downtown Scranton. So you're going to run into some problems there. We have a slowdown on 81 southbound between Music and Avoca. You're dipping below 40 miles per hour. And Hillside Road in Trucksville is pretty jammed up. That's due to road construction. They should be uh, clearing that up. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clear, cool, low in the 50s. Love it. Love sleeping in that kind of weather. Wednesday, sunny start, increasing clouds, showers, possible by midnight, temperatures in the upper 70s. Thursday, more murky with showers and thunderstorms. Gaps between them as well, temperatures in the low 70s. Friday, clouds with sun, few showers, temperatures in the mid to upper 70s. It's uh, currently 77 degrees and sunny, beautiful outside at 523 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. There was an issue with Verizon customers in our area where their 570-254 exchange in Lackawanna County and 729 exchange in Wayne County were not able to connect with 911. Uh, But Verizon is saying that that has now been corrected, so if you didn't have to dial 911 or you didn't know about it, then it was no big deal. It's fixed. If you did know about it, now you know it's been fixed. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we have uh, Joe from Berwick on law enforcement and addiction. Joe. Well, hello, uh, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I have you know something interesting for you. You know, I always hear these people who say that locking people up doesn't help when it comes to addicts. And I can tell you from first-hand experience, that's completely wrong. Because, you know, my poor sister, one of her children, and she was at wit's end pretty much thinking she's going to lose this child. And it wasn't until she got locked up in a state prison that my sister finally thought she would get help. Because at least she's, you know, she was never going to stop the lifestyle she was in. And, and and the stuff that is available on the outside, unless you're paying for an expensive program yourself, uh, a lot of this corridor stuff is just a joke. So I know from personal experience, having heard many inmates tell me that if it wasn't for them getting locked up, they would have been dead because of drug use. Now, what that has to do... Um, Here's here's the other side to that. With the the constant attack upon law enforcement and and the constant attack upon 
you know, the, the institutions of authority, uh, parents should know that if their child goes into prison, they're removed from that and, and they could have a sigh of relief and say, okay, thank God, maybe there's a chance for him to get straight. They're not around drugs. What you have going on, unfortunately, is yet, yes, you do have some staff bringing it in. And, and a lot of that is, again, is the lowering of standards that's going on with with the hiring process and whatnot. But it, it's it's also, I'll give you a, a, just a quick story. Right before I retired, they they had a bust of, of one of the biggest drug, drug busts in the prison. Well, they actually tried to discipline the, the, the staff who made the bust because of his use of snitches within the jail. And, and using not contraband, not illegal stuff, but just what you would call jail contraband, using that to bribe snitches. And, and, and the idiots in Harrisburg actually tried to sanction him for that. And yet they, we, we actually had the one training where they actually held up this inmate's bank, uh, bank account within the prison. And they said, oh, yeah, and here's how we – Here's this guy, and here's he was dealing drugs in our prison, and they were showing all these families outside who were sending money into this guy. And I'm thinking, now, this is insane. These people are incarcerated. They don't have the same rights as you and I have. They, 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 they should not be – if they know this is going on, they should not be allowing families to pay inmates inside of jail to deal drugs to, to you know, within the prison. And that's what was going on. And Harrisburg knew what was going on, but their solution is to it is to try to sanction and fire the person who actually caught the offender and, 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 and not come up with ways to, to, you know, sanction or punish the guy or deter the guy who's actually doing it. And that, that unfortunately is what goes on anymore with the loss of control in prisons. But I, I can tell you that when they say, oh, it never helps to lock people up, oh, yes, it does. And, and, and there are so many families out there who are actually grateful their loved ones were taken off the street uh, and then put in a secure environment away from where the drugs were. Yeah, I agree with you. I met an individual this weekend who did did real time in jail for, for narcotics, and it turned his life around. And, and it was good to hear that success story personally. And, and, and they, they admitted full hand that it saved their life, that it, that it is a success story and that it changed their direction. Joe, I appreciate your call with, with that information. Yes, thank you, Rob. Take care. Thank you. It's 531 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Hey, you're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 537 here at the station, 77 degrees and sunny. Let me get to my friend uh, Joe from Trips Park. Says we can do better. Joe, how are you? Joe. Joe's not there. We lost Joe. Oh, sorry about that. Joe, Joe, call back. I'll get you right away. You were uh, online for a bit. Um, back to locally, this renewable natural gas plant to increase intake from the Keystone and Alliance landfills in our area. The State Department of Environmental Protection approved plans this month for the Assai Energy Facility, which leases land at landfills near uh, Marshwood Road in Throop and increases the landfill gas processing capabilities from 200,000, from 20,000 standard cubic feet per minute to 25 enough gas to inflate a nearly 
298,000 cubic foot Goodyear blimp in just 12 minutes. Um, so what does this mean? So basically, this new process, it's not a new process, this upgraded processing plant will be able to take the methane and stuff from the ground at the Keystone Sanitary Landfill in Dunmore and Throop and Waste Management's Alliance Landfill in Taylor and Ransom after undergoing a purification process, turn the landfill gas into pipeline quality natural gas containing more than 94% methane. And it injects the gas into UGI's distribution system, which is a good for us. Let's see if we have him now. We have uh, Joe from Chip Sparks, and we could do better. Joe. Hey, sorry about earlier, Rob. Hey, no connected. Hey, um, just, I, you know, I can sort of, I can relate to a lot of the uh, hardcore Biden supporters and the Trump supporters even. Um, you know, I know what it's like to support a group of people for years and years, regardless of uh, the direction they're going in or if you're getting results. I've, I've been a Mets fan for 30 years, and I've been the smell of a championship. You know, <laughs> and I'm still here, and I'll be there to the bitter end, and that's just the way it is. But uh, we can't do that with politics. I mean, these are basically our employees who are in charge of our lives and our, you know, our future, our kids' future. We have the right to elect them and the right to fire them. I mean, it's just we have all the power, and we just – don't do anything, but they turned us into their cheerleaders instead of being their bosses. And we're, you know, we're kind of, uh, not only are we accepting it, we're encouraging it. I mean, it was the whole opposite of what it should be, it feels like. And it's got to, at some point, stop. Yeah, and but, you know, it, it sucks when your sports team loses or, or great when they win, but it doesn't really affect everything around you where, uh, this kind of does, you know, from our economy to to everything, uh, to everything, your economy, what we're yeah. paying for goods, you know, our vehicles, our insurance. I mean, and like I said, anyone who's in, renewed their insurance in the past month is in for, and if you haven't and you get it in the near future, you're in for sticker shock because it's going up anywhere from 15 to 25 percent. And that's for uh, your homeowner's yeah, mine insurance. Went up, for your mine went up on the higher end of that, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's incredible, <laughs> and a lot of people aren't expecting it because, we, you know, it's a bill we get once a year, and you're like, all right, it's my insurance. It goes up a little bit each time I, I renew, and that's just the way it is. But, no, this, this is, this is going to be a sticker shock jump in that because the cost of everything uh, has gone up to replace it to, to, from the wood to the finding the contractors to do it. Everything costs more, so they're going to have to charge more to insure that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, we're all demanding for politicians to be honest with us. We got to start by being honest with ourselves. I mean, it doesn't matter which way you want your ideology or whatever it is. You got to ask yourselves, if theoretically you ran an ice cream shop and your life depended on it, would you let Joe Biden run the register? If the answer is no, you know, when you vote, think of that, because he's running the entire country, and things matter. I mean, 700 more a month. That's for some people. Some people, it's even more. There's people that are really, really affected by it. And unfortunately, those people are the most vulnerable ones, the ones living on a Social Security or fixed incomes, you know, or single parent homes. They're really affected by it. The most, they're the most vulnerable people. They need, you know, they can't really afford the stupidity, you know, just blindly voting anymore. We're, we're kind of beyond. Yeah, you're starting to break up there, Joe, but I hear what you're saying, and we definitely need to, to start doing better in the way we vote because elections have consequences. Uh, you there, Joe, to say goodbye? Yes, I am. All right. Uh, you, you started right. to zone out there with uh, some the, the technical uh, you know, electronic sounds from your phone. But I appreciate your call oh, today, my friend. That. No, no, no Thank problem. You. Thank you. 
It's uh, 441, 442 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. And this traffic update is brought to you by Penn Teledata Internet. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. See so if you hold these, are there still something? <laughs> I don't know. Hold I still see nothing. You still see nothing? It really doesn't look too bad out there. 81 it looks like you're good to go from the New York border to Hazleton. No reports of any accidents on 476. The PA Turnpike or on 84, 380, or 80. Also, a little bit of heavy traffic heading into the back mountain, but no issues. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clear, cool, low in the 50s. Wednesday, sunny start and increasing clouds. Showers possible by midnight. Temperatures in the upper 70s. Thursday, more murky with showers and thunderstorms. Gaps in between. Temperatures in the low 70s. Friday, clouds and sun. Few showers. Temperatures in the mid to upper 70s. It's 77 degrees. Beautiful and sunny outside. At 542 at your official weather station, WILK. Here with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 546 here at the station. Got a great text message. I have to share it. Rob, in 2007, I had to put my only daughter in prison because she was very hard into drugs. After prison, they sent her to White Deer Run, and she was into rehab. And I can gladly say today she is straightened out, has a great job, and is doing very, very well the hardest thing a mother ever had to do, but I would do it again just to save her life. Absolutely. And I said, great work. Uh, that's what it's about. And uh, again, I, you hear success stories all the time. Uh, I heard one this weekend that was just outstanding. I appreciate that text. I, I love to hear stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's great. And I'm glad she's doing so well now. People do make mistakes and they can recover from that. Um, Sometimes it takes you know tough love. Sometimes it takes a good support structure around them, and sometimes you know it just takes a toll for the worst. That uh, you know that that self destructive collision course you know is unavoidable, but we have to give it our try. We have to try and do it. And like I said, I've seen time and time again where there are success stories out of that. We seem to focus a lot on the negative uh, in this world. We seem to focus a lot on. The media, because that's what sells. You know, they, they, they want the happy endings just don't do it for people anymore. They want that that drama. They want the things that are there. So, uh, you know, I appreciate that text message, and thank you for sharing it. And, and God bless you guys for, for putting her on the right path and that she's doing good now. Uh, the next story is uh, the Ford CEO admits to a reality check during an F-150 Lightning Route 66 road trip. Uh, Ford CEO Jim Farley experienced a common complaint from electric vehicle owners during his cross-country road trip in the automobiles maker electric pickup, calling it a reality check. Charging has been pretty challenging, Farley said on X, formerly Twitter, the social media website. It was really good. Re- it was a really good reality check for the challenges of what our customers go through and the importance of fast charging and what we're going to have to do to improve the charging experience. He posted on uh, X, no surprise, charging can be challenging, but still learning a lot seeing firsthand the issues our customers face. This is why we're working with Tesla to provide Ford drivers access to the 12,000 superchargers 
and our EV-certified dealers are installing fast chargers at their dealerships. That's great, but 12000 is still that many too short. His comment came during uh, his round trip across Route 66 in Ford's latest electric vehicle, the F-150 Lightning. The CEO documented experience on both X and LinkedIn. So you could follow Mr. Farley on X or LinkedIn to see the videos that he made along the way. And I, I, I applaud him for doing this, for taking this on. Farley said he visited a popular charging depot on Interstate 5 in California, where there were 40 regularly available Tesla superchargers. The Ford CEO had to use a low-speed charger that he said delivered him a 40% charge in about 40 minutes. At another stop, the CEO highlighted a good experience at a 350-kilowatt charger in Baker, California, expressing his enthusiasm for the quick and easy charging experience was so quick and easy, really highlighted the difference that a nice station and fast charging could make in the overall EV experience. Now, just to separate on this for a second, here in Northeast Pennsylvania, we uh, are getting, what, one of four fast charging EV chargers here in the next couple of months. And uh, that makes this, this two, two chargers on each one. So, That'll make four chargers here. They are superchargers. They are fast. But we don't have enough. And for them to make this move to kind of push the electric vehicle, the EV, is just not ready for it. The length of charging for a Michigan-based company has been a barrier for slow adopters of the electric vehicle to buy in. No kidding. Tesla's electric vehicle charging technology is faster than Ford's, causing the card manufacturer to partner with Elon Musk's own company to make its supercharging network available available to all Ford drivers. The rollout is expected to start in the spring. Farley's road trip in the F-150 Lightning is to learn more about the EV experience. He followed Route 66 from Palo Alto, California to Las Vegas. Farley said in a LinkedIn post prior to his departure that he and others at Ford would see researchers, business dealers, salespeople, EV conversion shops, EV drivers, and communities. So he's really doing the right thing as far as physically going out there and talking to talk and walking to walk. And that's that's great to see. I, I, I like to see this. And I, I wish the Ford F-150 Lightning was a better success story. And at this time, it's truly not. It doesn't do the things you needed to do. Just for me here, Northeast Pennsylvania, running around locally and doing things. Forget about the longer trips I have to take. Uh, you know, just this weekend, you know, I had to drive three hours back and forth to an event. So six hours round trip. I, I wouldn't have been able to made it, make it. I would have had to stop for a charge somewhere. It's just not convenient. You know, even back and forth here to the studio. Was it 30, 35 miles each way, 60-mile round trip? There's no supercharger for a Ford F-150 Lightning in our area right now. Hopefully, there's soon to be. Uh, that's why I say I would rather other opportunities, the hybrids. You know, my my son and daughter-in-law have a hybrid. What do they have? The Toyota RAV4. They love it. You know, it's a mix. It, it's 
man, when it backs up, it's quiet because I guess it backs up using the electric engine. And you could barely hear it, which is kind of scary because, you know, it doesn't make the normal noise. And as we go to more electric vehicles that don't make noise that we're used to, you know, in traffic or walking around or hearing a car back up or is that is there going to be more danger to that? Or do we just need to become aware of these more silent vehicles, especially when you have uh, walkability studies and stuff like that going on in areas like here in uh, northeast Pennsylvania and Scranton specifically? Are electric vehicles. I know it was brought up as part of the comments in that, that they are quieter. Will they be more dangerous for pedestrians walking when they're when they're driving around? I've never been in it. I've never ridden in the Ford F-150 Lightning. I've been around it. I've seen it. It, it's, it looks very nice. But I just don't see where it would fit into my, my lifestyle. Because uh, it just doesn't do the things I need to do. I travel to Annapolis. I'm going to be traveling to Virginia Beach now. You know, we, you know. like I said, just this weekend I had a six-hour round trip. I just don't have the time to sit there 40 minutes to get a 40% charge. And I'm sure a lot of you people are, are the same. Putting in uh, the fast supercharger in my house would be costly. And I'd probably need more uh, a second service into my house. Because, you know, I do have a 200-amp service now. But I'm kind of maxing that out with everything I have. So, you know, where does that leave us? You can get the the, the lower end charger. What is a um, two ty- a type two charger, which will charge your your car in a couple of hours or two or three hours. And then you have the trickle chargers that take eight or eight to twelve hours to do that. But to have a Ford CEO take his truck out and learn from the people can only do things better for the future moving forward. And until renewable energy is what's powering the electric that's powering these cars, it's really moot to begin with because most, if not all of these, I would say, I think it was 87% of all electric in America is by fossil fuels. So, okay, you're charging these electric vehicles with coal, natural gas, and, and other fired fossil fuels. So are we really making a difference? I don't know. I, I broke down the, the uh, carbon footprint of the vehicles, and if you add the disposal of the vehicles at the end of its life, the electric vehicle ends up having a bigger footprint at the end. It's got a bigger footprint to develop it, to make it, it's got a smaller footprint while you're using it and then a bigger footprint when you're trying to um, get rid of it. So, again, I know they want to push this, but is it really the answer that the world needs? Don't know. Don't have the answer to questions above my pay grade. It's 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show today on this Tuesday, August 22nd, got a text message in the Ford CEO should do a similar trip somewhere in cold weather and see how it works, too. Absolutely. They absolutely should, because I bet you it's going to be a little difference. But I I think here in the Scranton area, we're going to see how these electric school buses hold up on the hill area and the cold weather. And we'll see firsthand what happens and we'll be sure to bring it to you here on the Rob O'Donnell show on WILK News Radio. Great conversations today. Remember, we have that. uh run 
can't find it. The Wyoming Valley Run on Sunday, September 3rd. Make sure you sign up for that, or at least go check it out. Sounds like a great time for Pittston to Wilkesbury. You guys be safe. God bless, and we'll do this again tomorrow. It's the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. We'll see you tomorrow.